This episode includes depictions of graphic violence, coercion, sexual situations and drowning, and discussions of sexual trauma. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story of the Boto Encantado. Today's episode combines features from a number of Amazonian legends for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Since we're approaching Valentine's Day, we're gonna heat things up a little. This February, we'll be featuring creatures that excite and enthrall us. They may draw us in with striking eyes and entrancing smiles, but don't let that fool you. This brood of seductive beasts is just as lethal as our normal fare. Our subject today is the South American shapeshifter, the Boto Encantado. This creature appears as an attractive man or woman and a playful dolphin, but appearances can be deceiving. And by the time you see its true form at the bottom of the river, it may be too late. This is Mythical Monsters, Monsters of Seduction. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a deadly dolphin hunts for its prey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The Amazon extends across the width of South America, making it the largest river in the world, according to some measurements. Its rainforests are famous for their size and mystique, so much so that unknown animals, plants, and even whole cultures could still be concealed within its verdant depths. But the vast power of the Amazon hasn't been immune to the march of industry. From rubber and lumber to cattle farming and hydroelectric power, new corporate interests are always seeking fresh land to develop. These outside influences have changed much about the natural thrum of the river. They may also have stirred unbridled horrors within its depths, like the Boto Encantado. 
The Boto Encantado, or Enchanted Dolphin, is a shapeshifter. It emerges from the river at night as a beautiful person dressed in finery. Then it hunts for someone to seduce and carry off to its magical underwater city, Encante. If you resist, if you're anything less than perfect, or if a Boto Encantado just gets bored, it punishes you. Sometimes it pursues its prey in dreams for the rest of their lives. Other times it leaves you pregnant with a monstrous child. Or it might just drown you, which might actually be preferable. At least that's quick. Luana's sister was in love, and Luana hated it. Zelia was supposed to be hers, her protector, her playmate, her best friend. Luana was only 13, so she still needed Zelia, and with their parents gone, it should be the two of them against the world. Instead, Zelia was busy mooning over a boy. Robim, what an obnoxious name. And tonight, Zelia was meeting Robim for the third night in a row, which meant that Luana would be alone for the third night in a row. You're going to abandon me again? But Zelia just flitted about the room, buttoning up her favorite blue dress and fluffing her hair in the mirror. Abandon you? You're the reason I've been coming home early every night. Robim always begs me to stay out later. Luana glared. Well, can I at least come with you this time? Zelia bit her lip in frustration. No, you and I spend mornings together, afternoons together, even evenings. I'm allowed to have some fun of my own. Luana's eyes filled with tears. Zelia winced and switched to a softer tone. I'm, I'm sorry, it's just, I'm not abandoning you. Everything I do is for you. I'll be back before you go to sleep, just like always. Luana pleaded, but I don't want to be here alone again. Zelia sighed deeply, looking a lot older than her 19 years. I'm not always going to be around, Luana. You need to learn some independence. Before Luana could say anything more, Zelia swept out of the house. Luana hurried to her bedroom window. It looked out over the porch and had the perfect view of the wooded path that led from their house to the village. She watched Zelia disappear down it and into the dark. Luana could hear muffled snatches of music and laughter from their little riverside town of Mamirua. It sounded like a lively night, and it mocked her. Luana had to sit here alone because Zelia cared about some man more than her own sister. Only, did she have to stay here? If she went to the village and kept out of sight, she could spy on Zelia and the man who'd stolen her. After all, Zelia was the one who said Luana needed more independence. So Luana climbed out of the house and tiptoed into the night. All of Mamirua was out. People danced and drank around a clearing by the riverbank. Food stalls hosted open fires with succulent meat and fruit. Luana crept through the ruckus, keeping her eyes peeled. It wasn't long before she saw Zelia dancing in the light of the lanterns with him. Robim was as pale as the moon above his head. His body moved with fluid grace, wrapped in a white linen suit with a cap on his blonde head. 
He was the most beautiful man Luana had ever seen. Zelia laughed, tilting her head back. She seemed so happy. With Luana, she was constantly tired and irritated. A pang of jealousy shot through Luana, and she felt tears coming. She turned to run, but smashed right into a food stall. Platters clattered to the dirt, drawing every eye to her. Luana dove to the ground, praying her sister hadn't seen. But Zelia's voice called out, Lulu! Luana steeled herself for Zelia's anger. But when she looked up, her sister led Robim over with a broad, spacey grin. Darling, this is my sister Luana. Robim smiled, and Luana felt something tug at the back of her mind. She wanted to hate him. She tried to hate him, but it made her head hurt. It was easier to smile. He had such a nice smile. It's a pleasure to meet you, Luana. Zelia has told me so much about you. Shall we explore the party together? Luana's smile spread from ear to ear. Yes, please. Robim linked arms with the sisters. Together, they strolled around the village in a foggy dream. Robim wasn't like she'd imagined at all. He listened to every thought Luana had, which meant Zelia did too. They were their own little makeshift family, something she hadn't experienced since her parents died. By the end of the evening, Luana was giddy with happiness. At midnight, Robim led them home. Zelia tucked Luana into bed and joined Robim on the porch. Luana snuggled into the blankets, her eyelids heavy. She listened to her sister's voice outside while she faded into sleep. But as she drifted off, the warm fog she'd felt all evening vanished. A sudden alertness returned to her, and she sat up. She could hear her sister and Robim laugh on the porch. Luana peered outside the bedroom window to see Zelia curled up against him. The sight made her stomach turn. Luana realized it wasn't just her exhaustion that had disappeared, it was her affection for Robim, too. She couldn't think of one thing she liked about him. She heard Robim whisper, Shall we go for a walk? Luana saw Zelia nod, and Robim pulled her from the porch to the dark path. Zelia never left Luana alone while she was asleep. That was one of their rules. Luana considered the foggy evening she'd spent with Robim, the alertness she felt now. Something about all this was wrong, and she needed to investigate. Luana crept out the door, following her sister into the night. Zelia was easy to track. Her laugh was louder than a toucan's call. But Zelia's giggles were soon swallowed by the sound of rushing water. They'd reached the river. Luana didn't like the beach. The Amazon was home, but the river itself couldn't be trusted. It swelled without warning and was filled with dangerous snakes and irritated jaguars. And then there were the stories the shaman told about the Boto Encantado and his world beneath the river. Luana ducked behind a tree at the edge of the beach. She peered out just in time to see Robim dive into the water. Zelia stood behind him, lingering on the sand. A pale pink shape breached out of the river where Robim had disappeared. A dolphin. 
Its bulbous head was cocked at a jaunty angle. Its long, thin snout smiled wide, revealing sharp teeth. Then it flapped a fin, like it was beckoning to Zelia. Luana watched in horror as Zelia waded towards it. She called out, but Zelia kept going. The bottom of her blue dress floated around her like a flower as she walked into the dangerous current. Luana ran down the beach, screaming, Zelia! When she got closer, she could see Zelia's face in the moonlight. Her sister had the eeriest smile, like she was dreaming while awake. Luana stumbled through the wet sand. She was almost to the water when she slipped and face-planted into the cold silt. When she sat up, her sister was gone. But the dolphin wasn't. It bobbed in the shallows, smiling at Luana with black, beady eyes. Its sharp, thin teeth seemed to leer at her. It looked victorious. Coming up, Zelia awakes in a city beneath the waves. Love. It's been the subject of poems, novels, music, and film. It's also been the driving force behind some of the most horrendous crimes in history. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson. Join me for season two of Criminal Couples and meet the lovers who took their passion to perilous lengths. Featuring standout episodes from female criminals, serial killers, solved murders, and crimes of passion, this season of Criminal Couples gets to the heart of what makes two turn to a life of murderous crime. Some couples were set off by revenge or greed. Others were fueled by sex and drugs. All acted in the name of love. Discover the darker side of desire in season two of the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Follow for free and tune in every Monday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. Zelia was in love, and she loved it. For six years, she'd thought of nothing but her little sister. She'd begged and bartered for every job she could to keep a roof over their heads and food in their bellies. But for once, she didn't need to think about that. Not when she was going to Encante, the magical city beneath the river. It's true she couldn't see much yet, only the piraruku and stingrays glistening as they rushed by. Perhaps that was because it was night. Robim's hand slipped into hers. Are you all right, my love? Ah, Robim, his white suit was gone, leaving only glowing, pale skin. She'd thought for a moment that she'd seen a dolphin in his place, but she must have imagined it, because here he was, perfect and beautiful. She was about to answer him, but she realized her lungs burned. She'd been beneath the water too long. Still, she was sure it would be fine. Robim suddenly looked pained. 
I'm so sorry I forgot, my darling. He brought his lips to hers in the sweetest kiss she'd ever experienced. She melted in ecstasy as sweet oxygen flushed her lungs. Kissing him was so easy. He pulled back and she exhaled a dreamy sigh. A cascade of bubbles rushed from her lips. Robim smiled. Careful, you must keep it in. He kissed her again. This time, she held the air in. Her vision sharpened. She saw the murky water rushing around her. But more importantly, she saw Robim's soulful eyes. He took her hand again and pulled her deeper. She heard a chorus of echoing creaks and looked up. Deep gray roots extended down into the moonlit river from the mangrove forest above. Zelia realized the creaking was from the trees being shoved about by the wind and tides. And far below them, the roots formed labyrinthine tunnels on the river's floor. They looked like the hallways of a great underwater palace. Robim nuzzled her cheek. Welcome to Encante, my love. Encante, the city beneath the river. It took her breath away, quite literally. Her head ached from the lack of oxygen. She was about to seek another of Robim's kisses when the strangest feeling came over her. A tiny voice told her that the Boto Encantado was treacherous, deadly, that Robim would leave her to drown. But then Robim's lips were on hers again, breathing air into her lungs. Maybe she would drown, but what a wonderful, delicious way to drown. Robim tugged her into the shadows of the mangroves. He circled one of the roots playfully, his pale hair floating around him. What would you like to do first? She opened her mouth, but he shook his head. No, no, you'll lose your breath. Show me. She smiled shyly and leaned forward. Their lips met, then their hands and bodies. She moaned as bubbles rushed up around them. Zelia wasn't sure how long they touched each other. It could have been minutes, hours, or days. She could have stayed forever. But Robim finally sighed and kissed her on the forehead. You need to eat. Come with me. He led her out of the shaded chamber. Small beams of sunlight turned the river rosy like his skin. It must be day somewhere above. Thrashing in the water nearby drew her attention. A swirl of silt kicked up, and an angry screech echoed within it. There was something very large flailing somewhere in the murky water. Before Zelia knew what was happening, the silt cloud rushed towards her. Its force slammed her into the nearest root, knocking the air out of her. She squinted at the cloud, delirious. Within its cyclone, flashes of pink skin whipped about. She could see the glint of sharp teeth and a long, thin nose. Then two, then three. Zelia gasped. It was a pod of dolphins. They barreled towards her, their eyes greedy. Whatever soothing serenity she had felt just moments ago was replaced by pure panic. She looked up, but the surface seemed miles away. 
She kicked upwards anyway, her arms cutting through the water. Her lungs screamed for air. The surface got closer, her lips rose towards its oxygen. Something sharp closed on her foot and pulled. Blood filled the water as the teeth dragged her away from precious, vital air. She squinted through the flowing red and saw a shape in the water beside her. It had sloped shoulders and hard, beady eyes. She tried to pull away, but the monster only drew her closer. Her last morsels of air escaped as she screamed. Then Robim was there, holding her, soothing her, and kissing oxygen into her lungs. She clung to him, her literal lifeline. She wanted to tell him to never leave her again, to ask him about the monster she saw and the terrifying dolphins in the swirling silt. But she couldn't speak or she'd lose her air again. He held out a dead fish. It floated in the water, slimy. A glassy, wet eye stared at her. You need to eat. Celia was confused. She didn't want that. She was human. He knew that, didn't he? She pushed the fish away. Robim told her she'd get used to it in time. I fought for you back there. Respect that. He nodded over to a cloud of dissipating silt. It was the remnants of the vicious cyclone the dolphins had kicked up. Zelia was grateful Robim had saved her from the beasts, but everything felt so confusing all of a sudden. She decided things would be clearer on the surface, so she kicked upwards again, but her legs felt odd. She no longer had two legs. They were one solid thing. She tried to look down, but her back was hunched, heavy. Her spine twisted and turned with an odd looseness. She touched it with her hands, only they weren't hands at all. They were wide and flat, fins. She opened her mouth only to realize her jaw had transformed too. It was long and thin, protruding far beyond her skull like a snout. She screamed, but the only thing that emerged from her mouth was a click. She turned desperately to Robim, but he wasn't Robim. He was a warped, beady-eyed dolphin. His absurd snout was spread in a sickly smile. Celia realized with a jolt, he was the monster she'd seen in the water. Her own blood still clung to his rows of sharp teeth. Six other dolphins slid in behind him, wearing identical warped grins the ones she'd seen in the silk cloud. But now she could see all of them, and they were each massive, at least eight feet long. Zelia finally understood what was going on. These were the Boto Encantado, and they meant to kill her. All her instincts kicked in at once. She swam for the surface as hard as she could, but she didn't make it far. Teeth sank into her back. Another body slammed into her. She struggled, even though each thrust sank the Boto's jaws deeper into her flesh. Finally, her own teeth found a stretch of pink skin, and she bit down, hard. One of the misshapen bodies fell away. It gave her just enough room to swim. 
The silt around her was so thick she couldn't see. She found a mangrove root and followed its curve upward. The sun grew brighter. She was so close to freedom. Zelia burst out of the water, taking huge gasps of air. She raised her hands, and they were hands. She kicked, reveling in her two legs. Whatever magic had taken hold below, it was gone for now. Beyond the swell of the Brown River, she saw her village. It sat on the opposite riverbank, just beyond a backbreaking current. Zelia threw herself forward. The current pounded at her body. A sharp pain ripped through her side and she screamed. A dolphin's beady eyes stared up at her, its teeth tearing at her flesh. She twisted out of her beloved blue dress, leaving it in the dolphin's jaws. She kept going. A rogue whitecap barreled towards her. She kicked forward, hoping to ride over it, but the foam parted to reveal a pale pink dolphin riding the current. Then another. It was a wave of boto. Zelia tried to pivot around it, but two pairs of teeth closed on her arms and yanked her down. She watched the sun dwindle to a pinprick as the pack of Boto Encantado dragged her to the bottom of the river. She reached up, limp fingers grasping at the faraway sun. She had one last thought as darkness took her. I abandoned you after all, Luana. I'm sorry. Coming up, the Boto Encantado loses its charm and bears its sharp, deadly teeth. Now, back to the story. Zelia was blinded by silt as a pod of dolphins and her former lover tried to drown her. They dragged her deeper into the river, their sharp jaws biting her all the way. She was almost out of air. The end was certainly near. But when one of the dolphins let go for just an instant, she punched its tiny eye. It whacked her with its tail so hard she could instantly feel the bruises form. But the hit knocked her free. She swam as hard as she could. Without Robim's mystical hold on her, she could finally think clearly. And it was Luana's face that filled her mind. If she died down here, Luana would be alone. And as much as Zelia sometimes resented it, Luana just wasn't ready to take care of herself. The thought gave her a surge of energy. She kicked until she reached the surface again. But the dolphins kept coming. They rammed into her with their heavy bodies. She scratched at their eyes and skin. She was fighting both them and the current with everything she had. And despite the struggle, she was making headway. She could finally get a look at her village's beach and saw Luana sitting in the sand. Hope swelled in Zelia's chest. She screamed for Luana, but the words were knocked out of her throat as the nearest Boto Encantado bashed into her. She saw her sister leap up, wide-eyed, wading into the shallows to help her. Zelia made it over the current. The shallows were only feet away. Teeth bit down on Zelia's foot. She screamed and kicked at whatever Boto had grabbed her. A squeak of surprise confirmed she'd hit her target. The teeth released. 
Zelia stumbled into the shallows and into her sister's arms. Each of Luana's words came with a huff as she dragged Zelia towards the bank. I saw them in the shallows. We've got to move. Zelia finally collapsed on the sand, vomiting up water. She forced herself to turn over onto her back so she could see the water. There were seven small pink shapes lurking in the shadows, less than 15 feet from shore. Luana gaped. Are they all? Zelia vomited up more water. Boto encantado. Luana stroked her sister's wet hair. You're all right. They can't get you here. Zelia stared at the monsters. Not until nightfall, when they become beautiful, charming humans and walk right onto land, like Robim. Luana hugged her tight. We'll lock the door. Zelia shook her head, murmuring. We can't hide forever. He has powers. Luana wailed. But he can't have you. I just caught you back. A large cloud passed over the river, turning it all a metal gray. It gave Zelia an idea. I've got a plan. Luana looked nervous. What are you going to do? Zelia grabbed her sister's hand and said, We're going to do it together. Luana wiped her tears and nodded eagerly. Preparations were quick, which left them hours to wait, speaking in nervous whispers as the sun set. When it finally did, Luana disappeared and Zelia sat on their porch, just outside the bedroom window. She wore her second best dress. It was, ironically, pink. Finally, an appreciative whistle came from the darkness. You look beautiful. Zelia felt something pull on her mind. Her jaw went slack, but her body was rigid. It was Robim. It had to be. She took the deepest breath her lungs would allow. You're not welcome here. Robim emerged from the woods. He stood on the stairs at the very edge of the lantern's light. I should have expected this. You're so young. You don't know what you want. Zelia tried to reply. The words died in her throat. Robim stepped into the porch light. Choose your words carefully, my love. A warm feeling spread through Zelia. It was his power trying to consume her again. She willed herself to ignore his pull, to remember how almost drowning had felt. Her resolve hardened. She wouldn't be taken again. Robim drew near, taking her limp hand. Where's your little brat? A small voice came from the window. Right here. A harpoon ripped through Robim's chest. The blood soaked through his white linen immediately. He stared down at the mortal wound in shock. Luana poked her head through the bedroom window, still holding the other end of the harpoon. Hello? Blood spilled from Robim's mouth and dribbled down his chin. He staggered back. The movement made his hat tumble from his head, revealing a gaping blowhole between his blonde curls. He lurched down the porch steps, ripping the harpoon from Luana's hands. 
Zelia jumped to her feet. Her body still ached from the attack in the river, but she wasn't going to let him get away. She caught up to him in seconds. Her fingers closed around the end of the harpoon, and she used it to push him into the sand. He clawed at the ground, but Zelia held firm. I am young, but I know what I want, and it's not you. She twisted the harpoon. Robin's body spasmed in violent convulsions. His hands melted into limp pink flippers. His back bent and his face lengthened. Then he went still, half transformed. Zelia didn't let go until Luana's arms encircled her waist. Her small voice was filled with relief. I missed you. Zelia returned the embrace. I missed you too. You know, you were pretty incredible with that harpoon. Luana stared at her feet sheepishly. Maybe, maybe I can do more on my own than I thought. Zelia hugged her close. You can, but there's still a lot we can do together. The village behind them was silent, entirely asleep. The only sound was the hum of the jungle and the distant roar of the river. But there, in its rapids, lurked a pod of Boto Encantado, waiting. Amazon river dolphins, or botos, are considered sacred by many hiberinos, people who live along the river in Brazil. Shamans used to call on them with prayers called ícaros, The dolphins were said to teach them traditional medicine, the dialects of neighboring tribes, and the natural balance of the jungle and river. But when the Europeans and manufacturing industries arrived, the Amazon River Basin changed, and the Boto Encantado did, too. Some believe that the Boto Encantado's human form, a pale, affluent person dressed in white, became a reference to these outsiders. Like the Boto, they might have been considered tricksters, promising one thing but delivering something far more dangerous. Regardless of how the lore evolved, its legend has influenced the Amazon's river communities in sinister ways. A Boto Encantado's enchantment is sometimes an excuse for taboo sexual behaviors like adultery or illegitimate pregnancy. Babies born out of wedlock are called child of the Boto and can be seen as monsters. And sometimes, the legend allows predators to blame sex crimes on the mysterious Boto and avoid accountability. The nonprofit advocacy group Daughters of the Dolphin Never Again used the story of the Boto Encantado to expose sexual violence in their community. But the violence remains. And the Boto Encantado does too. It refuses to fade away. Instead, it waits, lurking beneath the depths of the river until night falls. If you meet it, you might not know it for the monster that it is, because it can be charming, this dolphin prince, and it has such a lovely smile. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with another monster of seduction. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. 
I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil De Ritter and Jen Roche, with writing assistance by Kate Murdoch and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Coleman Gray. I'm Vanessa Richardson. It's been said that love is a many-splendored thing. That is, until it's not. In season two of Criminal Couples, discover true stories of couples who turned their love lives into a life of crime. Lies and deceit are just the beginning. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Criminal Couples. Catch new episodes every Monday, free and only on Spotify. 